of what happens uh, to a person's life when he dies. But then it suddenly hit him the inevitability of death. Same is going to happen. So he started figuring. Whatever happens to Excel happens to me also. Like, why was I, what was the point of my wisdom? This idea of the, of the oneness, of the, of the equality of the Mikra is Hegel. That's how Rashi learns. In other words, that the question isn't a valid question, doesn't answer it. Why? Because ki ein zuchron bechorchom imaksil leolam. For sure, he says, the ultimate remembering of the chorchom will not be the same as the remembering of the ksil. So it's not true. Because they may both physically die, but after they're dead, in the oilam ho'emes, avadikavis the chorchom and the ksil are not going to be treated the same. He says, I look around, as Harashi learns, I look around in the world and I see that even a Russia who is very much liach, it's only a temporary aspect. Eventually, it comes crashing down. When time passes, the Hatzlocha, the apparent Hatzlocha, which seems to have accompanied the Russia doesn't last. So how is it possible that in the Oilam Oemus the Russia and the Xil should be treated the same? So sure they don't. Sure they won't. In other words, it's a it's a Zakh, it's a basic assumption. Now this idea See, that's a muskarishn in the Torah. That's something which is self-understood. You know that all the Rishonim ask the Kashya, how come the Torah talk about Olam Haba? And you can learn the Torah from beginning to end, and it doesn't say once in the Torah that if you're going to keep mitzvahs, you have a scha in Olam Haba. Doesn't say that. Doesn't mention it anywhere. Talks about schar of Asafta de Ganecha, the Sirochha, the Yitzharecha. Talks about schar in Olam Azer. In the Kupaisa Telecho, the Shmoyo, the Asismason. You will have plenty to eat, you will not be sick you'll conquer your enemies. But the only thing it ever says is the scha in Olam Hazer. It doesn't say anything about Olam Hazer, ever, in the Torah. only thing it does say <coughs> is the other half. The Oynish of Kores. 
occasionally. Somebody does Averus, and the Chomu enough, so his Nenash would chorus. For that matter, does so. So how come the Torah doesn't mention the Shah of Eilamazeh? Of Eilamabuani? So the Ramban, yeah? Abivan? Now, chorus, according to the Kabbalah Chazal, is there, there are several kinds of chorus in the Torah, but certainly one of them is that the chorus of the Neshama. Right? Uh, the Ramban talks about that also. That we find, in connection with chorus, several different Neshamas in the Torah. Right? So, first, some refers to an early death in this world, and some refers to the chorus of Adam But Adam in terms of Shah, <coughs> is non-existent in the words of the Torah. <laughs> so the Ramban says and explains that. <laughs> Many other Rishonim explain it in different ways. But the Ramban explains it like this. When you get up tomorrow morning and you walk into the Besamedrash, will you be terribly surprised that the Besamedrash is Around, or a truck here, or will you take it as given? Okay, why not? Right? What would be if you passed by some building which last time you passed by it was standing and now suddenly it isn't there anymore, it's burned down or something? Then it would surprise you, right? That needs saying. In other words, the fact that something remains as it was isn't the Chiddush. It doesn't need stressing. It doesn't need underlining. If a change happens to it, tree is standing today which was standing yesterday, not a Chiddush. tree is cut down today, is a Chiddush. Rabban says, once you postulate, as the Torah surely does postulate, that a person has an ashamah of a yitvah for abba of nishmas chayim, that a rabban shon is not fair into us in nishmas chayim and ashamah. So, what possible havamina would I have to say that anything is going to happen to that ashamah when my guf dies? The ashamah is not a physical being. Death has something to do with physical things. So, as animals die, same way as plants die. So, eventually, a person's body dies. No, what's that got to do with the Nishama? No. It's not a good, it's not a physical thing. So, death, in the sense that we come across it, is meaningless. So, the Torah has to tell me, that if the tree doesn't get knocked down, it's going to be around tomorrow. That's pressure. You've got your neshama, and you did the mitzvahs. Now, difference in mitzvahs and avayos, very interesting thing. You know that there's a... gave us a chesed, we can do tshuva on Avera. A person doesn't have Avera. So you can do tshuva on it. 
know that all the Sodom talk about that a lot. What an unbelievable chiddush that is. But a person can do a tshuva on a chayt, he's done a chayt, so today he's sorry that he did it. He regrets that he did it. Probably <coughs> that he won't do it anymore. He says, we do it. So what's that got to do with what he did yesterday? How can, the, how can that change the Aveda which he did? It can do something to him as a person, it can make him a better person. But what does it do about the Aveda which he already did? Still the Torah comes along and says that if you do tshuva, you oika the Aveda from your past, the Maizali Gizar, perfect Kiddush. So somebody came along and asked once and says, no it isn't. What's the great Kiddush about it? You find precisely and exactly the same thing by Mitzvah. Pesach in Yechezkeh says that if a person was a tzaddik, then he turned into a Russia. So none of the mitzvahs which he did are going to be counted for him. His mitzvahs disappear. So the boy says, huh? Why should the mitzvahs disappear? He didn't when he was a tzaddik. Well, he shouldn't get stopped for the mitzvahs which he did when he was a tzaddik. The Gemara says, no, we're talking about the Teher al Hogeshainas. We're talking about somebody who regrets having done the mitzvahs. About the Gavis, a mitzvah which a person does, even if later on, Chashashalan becomes a Russia, so he's going to retain the star of that mitzvah. Why not? He did the mitzvah, he got star, now he's a Russia, he get punished, but why shouldn't he get the star for the mitzvah which he did? But if he's a Teher al Hogeshainas, which means that he turns around and regrets having done the mitzvah. Oh, yeah, I wish I hadn't done it. This blows me up. Sorry that I did it. So then he loses the scar of the mitzvah. Somebody came along and said, what's the big chesed about tshuva? What's the big deal that the Rabbanisham says? If you regret having done the chet. The chet disappears. You see the same thing you do by mitzvah. You regret having done the mitzvah. The mitzvah disappears. So, so what's the big chesed about tshuva? You got like a big chesed about tshuva. The man can build such a chesed, we can do tshuva. And we can be oike the chet l'machreya. You see, you can be oike mitzvah l'machreya too. You regret having done them. The mitzvah disappears. So, what's the difference? Oh, anybody want to give an answer? Nice lambisha answer? Yeah? Any ideas? No? Okay, family, anybody? Yeah? Is that right? You mean that it comes to Chiyot? So that's the Chiyot. So there are statements in the Gemara. I mean, that's not what the Rishonim say. That's, yeah, that's not that. It's another pattern, yeah? But isn't it a Chiyot when they're Neka and they're not counted as major anymore? That's what the Rishonim say. That's what the big Chiyot is. Yeah. Answer. I put the Zerazal Ibrahim, said that answer, and I was up to Mazbet. 
says there's a whale of a big filler between the two. What's the Nazareth and what's the Sustained. Death doesn't have to be sustained. Right? You want to stay alive, there are certain things you've got to do. You've got to breathe. You've got to eat. You've got to sleep. Right? You've got to remain healthy. You've got to sustain life. Okay? You don't have to sustain death. person dies, he's dead. Nothing has to do about that. Right? That's a mitzvah. Mitzvah give a person life. So you've got to feed that life. Right? You've got to sustain it. What's the food? What's the thing that sustains the life which the mitzvah gave you? The thing that sustains it is appreciating it, hanging on to it, breathing life into it. I want this. This is giving me something. I live with it. Right? I continue building on it. It's part of me. I use it. That's what sustains it. No, I'm a toy Allah I wish I hadn't done it. So I'm starving this life to death. I'm not sustaining it. I'm not doing anything which will keep it running. So it dies. So calls to Yosef, Loisizvachana. I can remember the mitzvahs which he did. Because what's the point of them? That they give him life. Well, he's not sustaining that life. The Hiddish by a is that the tears amazing, right? When he did an Aveda, a bit of him died. Now, you don't have to sustain me, sir. What brings him alive again? Huh? What makes it possible for him to resurrect himself, to go and wipe out that Aveda? What does wiping out Aveda mean? Bringing himself back to life. Amazing. That's why Chivin is such a treasure. Even though there's a halakha of Tzara Vashainas. Very good. So, the tzaddik, what's he doing? He's feeding his neshama, right? He's sustaining it. The neshama is like a tree of life, alright? So what do you have to do? You've got to water it. He did. He put on his pill in the morning, he doesn't. He put mitzvahs, he ate matzahs. So, he sustained it. So the Torah has to tell us that after his body falls away, the neshama is going to keep going. Why not? What happened to it? What, what, what happened to it that it should, it should wither away? So the Torah doesn't have to tell us that. Rosh that Avedah, the Torah has to tell us. That's the time. When you do an Avedah, and you talk Rosh Hashanah and the Chalil Shabbos, whatever Avedah you do, you're knocking down that, that colors. That's why the Torah has to mention it. So the idea that the Neshama remains after the body dies, that's a given, that's possible. So Shlom Amela said, Ech yomus hachofam imaxil. A body of this is not going to be. Like, how could I even think that? It's not going to be. If I thought it, it was a machshava of Hebel, right? The dibati belibi 
שגם זה הבר. Why? Because כי אין זכן לפסח ממקסור. Not going to be the same. The way that he's going to be remembered is not the way that he's going to be remembered. It's almost a fucking thing. See, what Shlema Melech was doing over here, what Shlema is doing at this part of the Megillah, he's got a kasha and he's giving an answer. All right? See, obviously, because what does he say? Like, he looked around and he said, Mikra Echad Lekulam. I mean, that wasn't news. I mean, like, he wasn't a child. I mean, he knew people died. So, I mean, what was the Kashi which was bothering him? Like, what suddenly hit him? In other words, it wasn't the facts. The facts he knew before. It wasn't that he suddenly found it out. So, what happened? What happened is that there was something gnawing away inside him. Perhaps it wasn't. Partly because he'd finally gotten to a place where he felt comfortable with himself, right? He discovered what the Zerah is to be a Yoreh Hashem. He decided he's not going to be Oyset in the Sifflet, he's going to be a Zoya in the Sifflet. Everything's in good shape. Then he suddenly has this Kasha. How long is it going to last? Relative to eternity. So these few years, I've got Tosmet during these few years, and I'm balancing it right. No, it was. In the end, I'm going to die. So he felt bad. It wasn't the Tzadah that it was a question which was annoyed. He said, what do I do about it? How do I face it? So what's the answer? He gives an answer. It's going to be all right. After you're dead, you're going to get stuck, and the Russia is going to get punished, so you're okay. Are you okay? Is that a good answer? Is that going to make a person feel comfortable. What was his problem? His problem was, how am I going to handle my life? It doesn't click. It bothers me that I and the Russia am both going to die. So what are you going to answer me? You're going to answer me that after my death it's going to be different. Is that a good answer? It's Masalik the Kashi. But it's a terrorist. But is that going to make a person feel good? Is that, is that satisfying as far as life is concerned? That's awful. And it's depressing. And I know that death is just around the corner. But I comfort myself that afterwards it's going to be okay. Think that's a good way of living? I don't think so. Is that the answer? Is the answer, Tzadkot, that life is horrid, but it's going to be okay after you die? <coughs> That's very depressing. It's not the way it should be. And we'll see that as the Megillah goes along, the more Kohelis learns about the Emmets, of how the Rebbein runs the world, what the underlying driving forces are, the more he's going to change his attitude towards this Tashi. Because, that the place where a person wants to get in this Tashi is not to ask a good Tashi with a so-so terrace. The 
way you want to get is that the kasha shouldn't be good, right? That I shouldn't be asking the question. In other words, that my attitude towards life should be such that I'm not bothered by the kasha. You know, that's the, the story of Eo, really. And if you've ever learned Eo, remember the problem with Eo? He had a little problem, big problem. Here he was, this great exotic, <coughs> whom Rebbein Shalom himself, it says in the first parrot of Eo, that Rebbein Shalom had been made. Right? All the Malachim came, Hazal said it was a Shoshana, so the Rebbein Shem said, Hasam to Lifo, Laaf the Eo, if he has the thought in Ish, Ham the Yosha, Yerola Kim, the Sumerah. Eo has been a great Sadiq. So you know the story that the Sultan said, Test him. Let's see. Let's see how he does, how he'll do And so he got a terrible service. His children died. He lost all his money. He became terribly sick. Every single Torah in the book happened to him. And so he had some very, very, very pointed questions. He wanted to know why this was happening to him. He had tainus to the Rebbeinah It's wrong of him to have tainus. But he had tainus. He says, why should this happen? So you know the story. The story was that the three friends came. And they all had explanations of why. They came to try and comfort him. And their method of comforting him was to tell him why it happened. And they all had it figured out. They told him, you know what, you must have done a very well. You only look like a tzaddik. Maybe it came easy to you. Maybe the things that came hard you didn't do. You didn't try enough. You weren't careful enough. You weren't such a tzaddik. That was their answer. And he have rejected them. Every single one of them. Again and again and again. For one very, very simple reason. Because he knew it wasn't true. He had done what he was supposed to do. He was fine. Why should said he was fine? They didn't know about it. We know about it because we love the first parry. So the Chaverim were wrong. The explanations didn't wash. wasn't true. The Eov remained without a answer. So somewhere towards the last third of the Sefer, the last quarter of the Sefer, the friends were home. They didn't succeed. Don't succeed in answering your question. Then a very mysterious Leo comes along, fourth person, and he comes along and says, I'm going to explain things to you. Eo's going to understand what it's all about. Just listen to me. There's a long, long question, and we don't understand anything of that question, but we don't see what his answer is. As a matter of fact, Ramban says in his Tevash on Eos that there's no way of understanding Elio's arguments in chat 
he meant a secret thing. He meant Mr. Saida Satara, talking about the side of Gilgul and Ashamas, that sometimes a person has a different Ashama in him, against the Maisef, and on the Aesif and the Saras, we don't know what it's talking about, so we don't have to bother. Eeyah also doesn't understand it. Right? After Eliyu had said it first, Eeyah said, wait, yeah? Not convinced? I don't understand. So Eeyah was still asking his question. So who came next? in the Sefer. The next one in the Sefer who came along was the Rabbein Shlom. The Rabbein Shlom came and appeared to ear. So you figure, now we're going to get the answer. Right? If anybody knows, the Rabbein Shlom should know. We all brace to hear the answer, why did Eeyah have to suffer so much? And the Rebbeinshem was a long, long time. And there isn't a single answer. Not one. He tells Eeyah about the beauties of creation. About the mountains, about the trees, about the streams, about the wonders of heaven. And there's not a word about it about Eeyah suffering. He doesn't say, listen, I was sitting up there in Rosh Hashanah, and the Malachim came along, and, and there was a kid's work, and somebody came and up and said, listen, I'm going to test you. That's the, why not just give the simple answer? Right? You know, this is what happened, and that's the reason why it happened to you. You attacked a place of tzaddik, and now you're a bigger tzaddik, because it happened to you, and you passed the test, and mm, that's wrong. doesn't say that. So Eeyah doesn't get an answer. And the funny thing is, that after the Zabayinish Lailam finished talking to him, Eeyah is perfectly happy. No problem. He had such terrific questions. He had such difficult questions and he hadn't gotten an answer to them. So why is he happy at the end of the session? So he says, that's the reason. He says, look, Shema Oizen Shema Tifa. Ba'ato, Eina Roso, Arkein Emmas, Vimichamti, Al-Ofa, Ba'eta. The difficult possible, which means that Amban says like this, that up to this point is the Shema Oizen Shmatiya. I knew about the Rebbeinu Shlalem intellectually. I heard about him. Okay? When you relate to somebody with the intellect, well then, you've got cautious. You've got a problem. You've got a problem. I grasp with my mind the truth of Hashem. Now something happens which is difficult. So what do I do? What's my relationship to Hashem? Intellect. I understand Him. No, I don't understand Him. I have a kasha. So I need a test. But He says, now ain't I Now that you've come and revealed yourself to me, so now it's not anymore l'shema open. It's not anymore something that I've heard. But it's something that I've seen. Something that I've experienced. Now that I've experienced what you are and who you are, I have no more problem. Don't bother me. In other words, one can relate to the Rabbeinu Shlalom in such a way that you don't have answers to your question, but that you stop answering the question. It doesn't bother you anymore. 
נפשיק גמול על אינוי, כל המלאכות, גמול עולי נפשיק. So he doesn't have cautious the mother does this, the mother does that. He trusts the mother. There's no problem. He loves the mother. So he doesn't ask any questions. And he does it probably for the good. Okay, kids do ask questions once in a while, but theoretically, right, it's a person like that. If you relate to somebody, a more grown-up person is more settled. If he trusts somebody implicitly, so then whatever he does is good by me. I'm sure you wouldn't do it without a good reason. That's what Eov learned. What Eov learned, that we're supposed to relate to the Rabbani Shalom. See, it wouldn't have done the trick. But the Rabbani Shalom would have come and told him, you know, Eov, I have an answer to your question. You want to know why you suffered? I'll tell you why. Because there was this and this kid's work, and that's why we decided to expose you to this. Then the whole safer would have been useless. Because that there are truths and tukashas, everybody knows. Every Zemaimah knows it, and nothing happens without Mishpat. So that's your answer. He says, yeah, you've got a good kasha, here's the answer. That's not what the Sefer tries to teach us. What Sefer tries to teach us is that try not to ask. And I was try and relate to the Zemaimah, and try and experience the Zemaimah in such a way that you don't ask the question. No problem. And we see in Kahelas that that is also the Mahalaf in which he goes. For example, if you go to Zion, Zion, Kosek 15, see, most of the answers in Kahalaf start in Kahalaf Zion. See, as a Kahalaf or Isi, you may have the that's the kashir. Yesh tzadik over the tzitka. He was worried about tzadik dying. But here in Perik Zion, he recognizes already that that shaila wasn't such a hot shaila. It wasn't such a good shaila. It was a shaila which was asked, you may heavily, at the time when I was living in the context of Hegel, of Mm, yeah, feeling bad, of having kashas, I didn't understand, Havel Havolim, what's it all about? So at that point, I noticed a tzaddik being over the tzitzah. But at this point, the Megillah is realizing already that it's the mood which creates the question. Well, we all know that also. That's our own experiences. Sometimes when we feel real good, we feel uplifted and we feel right with ourselves. So then we don't have many problems. We don't ask. We don't feel so good, did something wrong, didn't feel good, something bad happened, whatever it is. So you feel depressed <laughs> and you have a whole bunch of cautious. This is not right, that's not right. <coughs> so here Shlana Melech recognizes that the question which he asked Lachatrila was to heavily. See, by us, he asked the question and he got an answer. But you've got to work towards not asking the question. Towards the end of the Megillah, if you turn to Tess, the base that's there in Tess, you'll see that the approach to the same problem is quite a different one. Well, let's start by Allah. Test Allah. 
כי את כל זה נוסעתי על ליבי ולא בוא את כל זה. לטוב ולטוב ולטומה ולזבר ולשאין הזבר כתוב ככה יותר הנזבוק אשר נזבו שבוע Incidents, not because it's mixed but because of the burnish on the So what do I do about it? Well, it's still asking. Zehra, Bukharash, Nafetakas, Hashomesh, Kimikra, Echad, Lakol, Gamlet, Bnei Odom, Molei Rov, Ahoyolos, Levovom, Bukhayem, Bachav, Alamesim. He recognizes that that evil is only Tachas Hashomesh. Remember how we learned Tachas Hashomesh? That's when you're under the streets of Eilon Azeh, you have these problems. But what's the answer <coughs> that comes in the next process? Look how he talks about it now. Yeah? Not a kashi with a tell that's okay. He says, my conclusion is, my conclusion of the knowledge that people are going to die is what a wonderful thing life is. That's his conclusion. He says, He says, it's wonderful to be alive, but as long as you are alive, there's hope. Maybe I'm only a Caleb, but a Caleb who is alive, that's a wonderful thing. But Chaim do know that they're going to die. So what does this knowledge of death give a live person? Remember we talked about it a few weeks ago, it gives him zrizas, he begins to value time, every minute becomes precious, every moment becomes a, his dumbness to appreciate everything that's happening. That's an important idea, that's what he says in Zion. Lech echol b'simcha lachmecha, v'shu say b'leif toiv yeinecha, go home and be happy. You shouldn't go and eat and drink and be merry, right? It's talking about Torah, it's talking about mitzvahs, but the truth of Shal Mikra is enjoy your physical life too. Do it beheta, do it al-tzadak bidesha, do it with the knowledge that everything is in the yad of Elohim, that even if eventually a person is going to die, that's what's the rot's nashem, that it should be like that. B'chol eis yu v'gadecha levonen. Remember that you're going to die. It's a healthy thing. Not a morbid thing. It's a healthy thing. It's a morbid thing. If a person goes around the whole day saying, oh, I'm going to die one day. Yeah? It's morbid. Right? What if a person knows that puts responsibilities on him, time's short, got to do things, 
want a cup of wine, every minute is precious. So then the knowledge that it's not going to last forever, it's good, healthy. Look what he says in Pasekiyot. There was such a process. <coughs> Tell him, do everything enthusiastically. Do it with kaya. Do it with joy. Your chalik fell into the Besamedrash to be a person who's sitting and learning. Do it with kaya. Do it happily. Know that you don't have eternity to do it and try and chop around as much as you can. The Tashgaf will lead you differently. You become a, a, did you have to go and become a builder? Build your house with enthusiasm. Make it nice, make it beautiful, make it solid, make it good foundations. Just a tailor, make a nice suit. Live! Live life with all your, every part of your being. Invest enthusiasm in it. Invest chaos in it. Find out what the Revelation wants you to do. Not everybody has to do the same thing. When you found it out, do it enthusiastically. Don't go around schlepping and saying, well, maybe I could have done this, maybe I could have done that, and maybe I should be doing this, maybe I should be doing that. There's a time for that too. You've got to figure out where you have to go. You have to figure out how you have to do it, how you're supposed to spend your life, what your talents are, what your choices are, what is it that the Rebbeinah is telling you to do by giving you certain choices and by giving you certain talents. But once you've figured it out, do it with enthusiasm. Do it right. If it's mutter, that's the way you're supposed to do it. In the Watson of the Torah, do it right. That's the only way to serve the Rebansha. Want to be like Avraham Avina? Come to the Rebansha after 120 years, you can be a boy by Yaman. Come with all your days and tell the Rebansha, listen, I've used every kaya that you gave me, every talent that you gave me, every part of my being, I've used it well and positively in your service. You've got to do it because of it. How do you get the energy to do it because of it? How do you get the energy to every part of your being placed at the service of the Rabbanishwala? For that, the hergish, the things aren't eternal, and that one of these days a person is going to die, that's a chalik of it. If I have eternity stretching ahead of me, in which I can do what I have to do, inevitably I'll get lazy, what I can do today, I'll do tomorrow. Right? If I know that there is no tomorrow, and that every second has to be lived, that every second has its own Messiah, and that this second never comes back, that's good. I'll do it with enthusiasm, I'll do it happily. See, the person who lives like that, he doesn't ask the Kasha, Ah, Mikhail, he's going to die, I'm going to die, you're going to die, he's going to die, what's the point of anything? Don't forget. Nishab Shad is like, what's the point of everything? That's the point of everything. That itself is the point. That point is that that's the Rotsma Shad. That he gives you a certain schum to live, and he tells you, go ahead and do something with it. This is your portion in life. Now go and do it. Use it. Use it well. Use it with kaya. That's what it's all about. So the idea is, uh, grow it over here in Kahala. Same Kasha. Treat it differently as you go along. That the eventual point to which he gets is that the ideal is not to have a territory kasha, but to realize, to have a kind of relationship with the Rabbanu where the kasha doesn't arise.